and here we go. Hello and welcome back to the penultimate episode of Series 8 of your Time Starts Now, a Taskmaster podcast. I'm Emerson, and our temporary host, once again back, is George Spelvin. Welcome back to the studio, George. How are you feeling? Hello, Harry. Hello, Louis. It's so nice to be back home where I belong. I don't get the reference, but cool. It's Hello, so, Dolly. Not seen Hello, Dolly. Okay, yeah. Don't watch the movie. I know it's the thing that Wally watches in that movie. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very strange musical. Um, Does it have Louis Armstrong in it, or am I thinking of something else? No, it has Louis Armstrong in it, primarily because he made the title song a hit. And then, of course, he got into the film pretty much solely on the strength of that recording alone. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, what's up? Oh, God, not much. I'm frantically trying to complete tasks before... Uh, <laughs> yes, tasks. I am trying to complete tasks that are set out to me by a vaguely sinister system and possibly someone who really doesn't like me, otherwise known as education. I will continue to attempt to educate myself until the end of the semester and also cook dinner tonight at some point, but I don't know. Okay, fun. Um, uh, a little bit of Taskmaster-related news. There is going to be, and I don't know how it's going to work, but a Taskmaster live experience. I beg your pardon? I have not heard about this. It's on the... It's being like advertised on Taskmaster's social media. Oh. Yep, that would explain it. I haven't read their Twitter in a while. I I obviously put my name down. It would be a pretty exciting thing. I mean, I put my name down, but again, I live across an ocean. What are the odds that they are actually going to come here and... Let's be frank, I live in a secondary city um, for this sort the of stuff. How is a secondary city? Um, so let's look at the eastern seaboard of the United States. Um, let's see. In terms of urban areas, there is Boston. There was New Haven, but it's kind of dead at this point. There's New York. Mm -hmm. There's Baltimore, there's Philadelphia, and of course, there's Washington, D.C. Of these yep. cities, there is only one area that I think could get a remotely good audience for Taskmaster, for a Taskmaster live experience. Which um, is? New York. Oh, and, yeah, fair enough. I didn't yeah. hear you say New York. I was because I was, you said Washington, D.C., and I thought the. The, your nation's capital is not an important enough city for events to take place there. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, frankly, it doesn't have a uh, dense enough going... It doesn't have a dense enough um, event-going population. Multiple people are going to have to cross state lines. There's no transportation infrastructure to get people to events. 
which is uh, kind of present in New York, but again, that's a problem. This is why you. This is why you should live in a very centralized country. Everything happens in one place, and you never have to worry about any- going anywhere. Hmm. Except when the trains are striking. But yes. Then again, the that's, they're trying to do that here, but they're not succeeding. Um. Should we talk Taskmaster? Yes. I am woefully unprepared for this episode. That's not a good sign. Uh, looks like I may have to take a bit of a lead. Um, episode 9, the penultimate episode, titled I've Been a Bit Ill. Um, okay. So the banter. Um, Alex is cold, so he's wearing fingerless gloves so he can keep using his iPad. The catch is, these are fingerless gloves that have edible fingers on the end of them, so they're not Alex's real fingers. It's the hot dog uh, gloves from the previous season's final task. Oh, God, don't make me think about that. That feels weird. Uh, so Greg tr- uh, makes Alex eat the edible fingers, but he wants Alex to behave as though he's eating his own actual fingers. So mm. Alex is uh, scream, uh, mock screaming in pain, and it's... I don't know what to, how to feel watching it. It's just like, these banter segments are all just... Obviously, we need them. Um, but there's just not a lot to sort of like... There's not been a lot I've loved. The The ones that stand out to me are the ones where like Greg will like overly laugh. Uh, yeah. And then realize, oh, fuck, I'm the Taskmaster. I'm supposed to be straight poker face. Yep. Basically, the squash portion. Um... So, do you want to talk about the prize task, or should I, George? Um, let me take it. Why not? Um, long story short, bring in the best form of protection. Best protection wins. Indeed. Hold on while I pull up the long and the short of it. Um, you can see Greg's face as Alex says this, and you think, oh, God, if someone's brought in a condom, I'm going to flip. Yeah. Luckily, although someone got close, no one does. Um, step one. Uh, Paul brings in a gift that the Chase gives gave him at the end of one of their seasons, because apparently they usually get a luxury edible goods basket in place of, well, what he brought, what he got, which was a onesie with his uh, chase name emblazed on the back, uh, which for anyone who doesn't know is the cinnamon, which I think is spelled differently than it is um, on the onesie. Well... How's it spelt on the onesie? Can you see? S-I-N-N-E-R-M-A-M. M-A-M? M-A-N. Well, that's how it's his name spelled. Why? Did you think it was spelled cinnamon as in the spice? Um, no. As I recall, Paul Sinha's na- last name is S-I-N-H-A. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yes! Oh yeah! Um, Which uh, makes it rather inconvenient. 
there are a number of things that this can protect you from. This could protect you from A, the cold, obviously, mm-hmm. B, yeah. high temperatures, dubiously, and from having children, because as he says, no one will fuck you. Exactly. Um, Paul's, I think Paul gets a better grip on the game in the second half of the competition, but it's yeah. not quite enough. He's still hampered by his shoulder and the Parkinson's he doesn't know about yet. Um, and finally, well, I say finally, this, he's the first person to go. Um, yeah. Who's next? Let's see. I'm trying to remember who went next. Oh, Sean. Sean's up next and she brings in a Tupperware container full of sweaty eggs. I'm actually interested. Is it known as Tupperware? Because I think Greg just calls it a sandwich box. Because well, there's definitely reference to it being called a Tupperware. I think ah. Tupperware is a brand name. Yep, it's very much one of ours. And a fairly beloved one at that. I don't know why. Uh, buy from Corning, people. Uh, more specifically, buy from Corning's Corel division. No, I am not a loyalist because they put my mother through college. What do you mean? Uh, okay. No idea what the hell is going on there. Um, mm-hmm. Sean uses, does use the example of opening the Tupperware on a train to let the sweaty egg smell out and people will just fuck off around you. I don't think that would happen. I think you'd be murdered because you opened a container of eggs. Oh, so you think it'll be worse? Yep. And I mean, that's one uh, way It's of also worth it. noting that when Sean said, I have brought in some sweaty eggs, Greg asked, please, I hope they're chicken's eggs. And Sean looked slightly offended and said, oh, no, they're not mine. What if it was like an ostrich egg or something? I mean, that would have also been funny, but I don't think that fits in any currently produced Tupperware sizes. <laughs> but, in any case, Sean uh, gets the infamous last place already treatment. Although, interestingly, she doesn't really end up in last, but we'll get to that. Um, Joe brings in what he refers to as the most secure thing. He brings in the most secure is. thing, as opposed which to is. something that is protective, by which we mean a bunker. A bunker that has been decommissioned. A bunker that only gets a pat that Joe only brings a pass to, rather than the right to, in some weird Fallout-esque scenario, be able to go into the vault and just live there until the radiation diffuses. Uh, A decommissioned bunker that also has laser tag and paintball. Yep. It's getting worse. (laughs) I Um, mean, Joe Thomas had one really good showing, probably because the show felt sorry for him, and then it was just like, ah, back to to business. 
Oh, and because, speaking of that one really good showing, I still consider that the closest that anyone's come to a perfect episode, um, despite what happened with Dara O'Brien, uh, because Dara did not score the five points as a result of the team task, um, because of the weird way that Greg likes to score the team tasks, dividing the five points between the teams. In other words... Mm-hmm. In order for you to get a perfect show with a team task, the other team needs to be DQ'd for you to get the five points. Okay, well, Taskmaster's going to be around for... Taskmaster's not going anywhere anytime soon, so there's a, or there's a chance it could happen. I want to see someone break 200 points. That's what I want. Hmm, that would be interesting. Because I think... Uh, gr- there's always been like, oh, Greg doesn't want someone to romp home with it. But I think it could become a point where it's exciting to just see someone dominate in a way that we've not even seen with Daro Breen. Yeah. Just watch um, someone argue their way from one to three. Um, Ian, what's Ian brought in? Ian brings in a sumo wrestler suit, which he has very funny Amazon reviews from, the highlight of which is, why can't I fit this in my carry-on luggage? Have you attempted to deflate the suit? In addition to... This is definitely one of those drunk purchases. Yeah, and of course, five... And of course, will this fit a five-year-old? Yes, if they're very tall. Uh, For authenticity purposes... This wrestler suit comes with the appropriate so-called diaper and an appropriated hairstyle for quote-unquote authenticity. We love authenticity here. Yep. And as Sean... No, Lou points this out. And as Lou points it out, I I could prick this with a pin and it would be totally useless. And speaking of Lou, Lou brings in the most protective coat that anyone could bring in. If you were living in a world where uh, Kafka reigned supreme. Uh, Raincoat, beekeeper's hat, prayer, prayers, a cross, garlic, vampires, as she explains, and washing up gloves for reasons. It's not exactly made clear. And it's also worth noting that Alex says that she considered bringing in a condom, but she didn't want to appear tacky. Uh, It's a bit late for that, Lou. I'm Uh, I'm surprised no one did bring in a condom. Yeah. It's a Christmas miracle. I guess you can't have everything, though. Um, So, the scores... Joe and Sean both get three. Ian and Paul both get four. But it's another victory for Lou Sanders, five fat points. Do you have any objections, George? Unfortunately, I do. All right. It's the Taskmaster, and the name is Spelvin. And he's going to tell us what we should know. It's Taskmaster Spelvin. <gasps> yeah. Okay. Um, 
That's good. Cool. I, don't, I don't have to add the actual thing. Um, yeah. All right. Let's hit see. Uh, for the reasons I have discussed previously, Sean bringing in a container full of rotten eggs will probably end up getting her in more trouble, especially on transport for whale services. God help her if she does actually use that tactic. One point. Um, the sumo wrestler's suit is probably more of a hazard than uh, anyone thinks it is, because, you know, your body just tends to move with that inflatable stuff to the front, and it will get a bit closer than you would otherwise expect to be with some sort of padding around you. Uh, two points. Um, I hate to say this, but I think Joe is getting a single point. It's been decommissioned, and there's paintball. I don't like paintball. I liked Laser Quest, but I hated the smoke. Uh, vegetable glycerin smoke just doesn't agree with me. I don't know why. It makes going to some theatrical productions very interesting. Um, I'm actually putting Lou down on two because, you know, there are some things that are useful in there. Um, and Paul, shockingly, because of that children joke, gets five points. I mean, I read the word unfuckable in it, which is pretty a pretty way pretty way of describing it yeah um looks like it's on to me to cover vt task one bounce oh, yeah, one of these balls the most times so that it lands in that bin that bin just being a standard waste paper basket bin after propelling the ball you may not touch or strike it on its way to that bin most bounces between propulsion and the bin wins you must use the ball you touched first. You have 20 minutes. Your time starts now. So they're given a list of uh, balls. Uh, there's like a... I didn't make a full list because I'm stupid, but the, some of these include a tennis ball, uh, a plastic pickle ball, I guess you could say. Yeah, why not? Not. I know pickle ball because I spent some time in the States over summer. Uh, a tennis ball. Oh, I mentioned the tennis ball. A bouncy ball. Uh, a rubber band ball. Uh, one of those uh, light footballs you could get at, like, you went at, like, the beach or something. It's the blue balls all over again. Yep. And uh, there's a ping pong ball. I can't remember any of the others, but none of them are particularly important. Um, something of note is that both the ladies... Uh, touch their balls before reading the task. There's a joke in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially for will it be? Will it be a hindrance to them? Only time will tell. But first, we've got the two hopeless little boys, Paul and Joe. And uh, definitely over this episode, maybe the next one as well, but Paul and Joe are paired up a lot together. Tragic. So I'll talk about Paul first. He opts for the tennis ball... Uh, he takes his time choosing, uh, and Alex asks Paul, why are you taking so long? And Paul says, 
that he has other things on his mind. Uh, and when quizzed about what those other things are in the studio, he says he was wondering what uh, the Christmas number one uh, for 1984 was, and it was uh, Band-Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas, which everyone knows. Um, so Paul has uh, a pretty good idea. He tries to bounce the ball, or like, at least get the ball moving down an ascending surface uh, in the hopes that it will generate more bounces that way. He starts by doing it on the front steps of the house before altering for the roof. A um, couple of times he manages to get a, a nine-bounce uh, bin catch. Uh, Joe Thomas, um, the... How, how would you describe Joe Thomas, George? Uh, autism spectrum adjacent. And I um, say that as someone ASA. who has... The reason I say that is because I believe he has said in the past that he probably does have it. It's a self-diagnosis, but still. It's... But if you've... Um, had the, either had the pleasure of being, the bizarre pleasure of being in his presence, or you've listened to him on any variety of podcasts, uh, Rahalastapa, or, um, or his, uh, two off-menu appearances, the, he's just so genuinely awkward, and perpetually confused and trying to reinterpret things. Do you think he's still pl- he's like playing his character from the Inbetweeners still? Like oh, just no, he's I, become that's he's like self parodying. Uh, that's the worst part. I don't think he was acting. <laughs> that I think that quite a bit of that was his actual self. Um. Unfortunately. Um, and, you know, I don't know why he hasn't somehow managed to die yet just by wandering off a cliff into the great abyss below. But thank God he hasn't. Because it's at least very amusing to watch him only bounce a ball four times into a bin. Yep, he does, he does only manage four bounces. And he... He bizarrely chooses the rubber band ball, and it's not very bouncy at all, and Joe regrets it pretty much instantly. Um, He does use the tactic of trying to put the bin on its side, for better or worse, but he just can't manage many bounces, just as George said, four. So he is currently in last place, and spoiler alert, that is where he will stay. Next up is Ian. And Ian starts by tipping all the balls onto the ground from the oil drum. And then he, and this gave me flashbacks to the get, throw the ball through the hoop without using your hands task. He, he gets a pair of makeshift gloves in the form of two books, picks the ball up that way, picks the balls up that way to test them. And he settles on the bouncy ball, which is great because it's literally got the word bouncy in its name. Mm hmm. I'm a little surprised that they just didn't all roll off into the ether. That's a statement. Um, so Ian does the interesting thing. He goes inside the house to bounce the ball. Um, he gets a fair few bounces in it by bouncing it down the hallway before he makes a tube 
like a makeshift drain pipe tube thing and manages to achieve a 36 bounce that way. Um, yep. So he is currently in the lead, but will he stay there? No. It's time, it's time for the ladies. Now, if you remember, the ladies both touched their balls before they read the task. Again, no dirty jokes here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lou touches the plastic uh, pickleball, I guess you could call it. Um, she does a bunch of stuff, but she ultimately settles on tying the ball to a wire and then bounces it on the wire a whopping 225 times uh, before she drops it in the bin. Sean's approach, uh, like Joe, also gets the rubber band ball. Uh, she starts bouncing it just like casually on her own. She then makes a makeshift catapult from the net. Um, and Alex asks if she's ever thrown anything before and he laughs a little bit. And I love when Alex laughs at a contestant's attempt because obviously Alex is sort of seen as like a bit robotic and a bit like, oh, head down, keep going, head yeah. down, something attitude. So when he shows, there's a lot of like weird emotion, like out of character moments for Alex in these last two episodes. And this was probably, this was a major of them because it's obviously it's normal to, for him to laugh a little bit every once in a while. Um, but Sean then has a very interesting idea to bounce the ball while it's in the net. Uh, and this is allowed. And she manages 112 times, which sounds impressive, but it is just under half of what Lou achieved. Mm. So... Lou gets 15 squared, which is odd, because it's the last time that any of her juvenile jokes were funny. Uh, sadly, that number of uh, bounces does not really equate to many more points. She does, of course, get the full five, putting her on maximum points so far. Then it's Sean on four, Ian on three, Paul on two. And of course, rock bottom is Joe Thomas on one point. And every time Alex reveals the scores, he will say, so Sean has 112, which is 109. Can I count? 108 more than Joe. And Lou got 225, which is 224 more than Joe. And Joe just is in like a state of disappointed bewilderment all the time is the best way I can describe it. Yeah, no change. Not a change at all. But yeah, like I said, it means that Lou Sanders is on maximum points at the moment. Um, and I believe the next task is for you to talk about. Oh, Lord. Um, hold on. Make a delicious dust meal. Devise the most delicious dust is the brief... The brief continues, you have five minutes to choose your ingredients and then ten minutes to make your delicious dust and serve it in this dustpan. Your time starts now. Uh, step one, uh, Paul just grates a bunch of cheeses, and Sean makes dust from grated chocolate, crushed pop, it, crushed pop rocks, and edible glitter. Uh, both Can of I them just say that Paul was constantly commenting on can I just say, Paul was constantly commenting on Greg's size as he made his dust, saying, there's no way Greg could be that size from only eating savoury stuff or something. Yeah. And then both Paul and Sean cut themselves on the on the grater. Yeah. 
see, this is where this is where Taskmaster Spelvin's going to get interesting. Because I don't think it's I don't think the coagulated blood was sufficiently ground in order to be considered dust. So unfortunately, we might have a few disqualifications on our hands. Uh does Lou go next? I hope she goes next because she does go next, and she uh, does uh, something very loose on this. Yeah, yes, uh, yes. Lou sets a bunch of porn on fire and uh, puts a pop rock set with it, and causes Alex to uh, choke. And the uh, visual of <clears throat> Lou burning the porn is quite a striking one. Oh God! I wish I had actually managed to get to that. Sorry, I took it from you. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, I'm trying to remember who's next. Why don't I remember who's next? I'm... Uh, Joe and Ian, who I think are both shown together. Okay. Uh, Ian makes Cracker, Babylon, Stilton, and Cheddar Just. And he turns this into a charcuterie board, essentially. Um, at which point I am probably going to uh, disqualify him, or at least disqualify um, the grapes and the chutney um, from his sort of thing. It's a nice idea, but uh, you try grinding up a grape into a <clears throat> fine particulate. It's tough. Yeah. It's not doable. Not doable. Uh, the most delicious dust Joe goes for a multi-pronged approach. Uh, pork skin, chicken reduction, and salt, and a second desk from... What are parmaviolets, actually? I think there's some sort of sweet, edible... Fl- parmaviolets are a British violet-flavored tablet confectionery manufactured by the Derbyshire company Swizzles Matlow. They, they look like sort of the... Uh, a children's vitamin tablets, pretty much. Oh, God. That doesn't mean to say they are, but they look like it. Yeah. But does this have any real benefit? Is it, like, some sort of demulcent? Is it? Is it just candy? It's just it, hard candy? Yeah, pretty much is. Oh, that, God. That's it. Hit the nail on the head right there. That, that actually kind of feels depressing anyway um as far as scoring goes Ian Sterling has 5, Joe Thomas has 4 Paul Sinha has 3 Sean Gibson has 2 and Lou Sanders has 1 um it's a task master his name is Spelvin and he's going to tell us what he should know it's task master Spelvin breathing noise collapse um as previously stated, due to the blood not being totally coagulated and still in some sense liquid, Paul and Sean are disqualified from the task, and Lou can be very thankful that she gets one point. Um, other than that, Ian actually gets five, still, um, and Joe gets a four. Yep, that's the way of putting it. Uh, let's um, see. VT Task 3. 
point one. Uh oh. So this is a team task. Make yourselves look like one person. The team that looks and moves most like one person wins. You have twenty-two minutes. Your time starts when one of you looks at the uh, at another one of you. So this, of course, means that they should ideally face each other, face away from each other, excuse me, and try and come up with a plan before they turn around. Um, Sean accidentally looks at Joe at some point, and and Ian devises like this cold scheme. Uh, to so he he's out of the room while discussing, and then. Paul just stupidly turns and looks at Lou, and that's where their time starts. But, as for how the gang goes, um, this is where we learn about Paul's uh, shoulder surgery in a bit more detail, and how he was told to not do any vigorous exercise for about two weeks, I think it was. Mm. Oops. Oh yeah, so, the team of three, uh, they collect a bunch of bin bags, uh, and to make themselves appear as one person... Um, Ian becomes the legs, Paul becomes the arms, and Lou becomes the head. Um, I didn't make down many notes of the building process of the person, but I do know that at one point Ian put uh, a bag without cutting a hole in it over Paul's head, which we sh- I think we are legally obliged to stress. Please do, do not, not put do plastic it. bags over your heads. Please don't do it. It's very dangerous. Yeah. Um... um. What There's if also the a quote about getting. But it, what if the human centipede, but trash bags? Uh, yeah. Um, but I think another thing to observe is that I think at some point Lou says to Paul, "Stuff your head deeper into my crotch" or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the, these pr- this pretty much writes itself. Um, so they lie on the floor. Um, this looks like a weird child's interpretation. So the body is this long rectangle. The torso, excuse me, is this long rectangle. The legs are a tiny fraction, like maybe a sixth of it. The le- the arms just stick out of a side about midway through the person's body. And they've just got this obscenely long nothing until their neck and head is pretty mm. much how it looks. Uh, and they do a bunch of star jumps in quotation marks while lying on the floor. Ian just sort of juts his legs out in a V-shape before closing them again. And Paul is... Remember, Paul's got a dodgy shoulder. He's moving his arms around like he's opening for a hug and closing in. I'm actually... I don't know why I'm doing it behind the microphone. No one can see me. Um, Joe and Sean... um, There's this weird conversation they have about dentistry because... There's a there's a big power difference in the pro. The team of three is very frantic and rushed, and don't really take the time to consider anything. Whereas the team of two is the complete opposite to the point where they can just have mundane conversations. Yeah. Um. But so what they do is they make a big cave. It's sort of pantomime horse esque, is the best way I can describe it. Uh. There's a big pole bes- for some reason in it, and I've no idea why it's there. Maybe just as, like, a support for the thing. But they walk out. Uh, Joe is the head and front legs. Sean is the back legs. Like I said, it's very pantomime horse. Uh, Alex acknowledges 
uh, Joe's weird walking. And uh, this is where we get the title drop for the episode. He says, I've been a bit ill. Yeah, yeah, I've been a bit ill. Yeah. Um, and Greg scores this as thus. Uh, the team of two both get two, and the team of three both get three each. So, happy days all around. But there is a VT Task 3.2, which I'll also talk about. But first, they cut to commercials in typical Taskmaster fashion to leave you on tenterhooks. Uh, they come back. Honestly, this is a bit anticlimactic, if I do say so myself. But remaining as one person throughout, put on these yellow Wellington boots, eat this banana, and put the banana skin in the yellow bin over there. Lots of yellow imagery in this. Um, fast wins. Your time starts now. So this was sort of the blind leading the blind here. Um so Ian puts the wellies on for the group of three, of course, because he's got the feet exposed. Weren't the wellies, like, too small for Ian? Um, I wish I could remember. Um, they feel like they would be, because it's a, I think that would be a Taskmaster thing. Yeah. But he just sort of slips the wellies on to the point where he's sort of, like, tiptoeing. Um... Uh, and Lou is fed the banana skin by Paul and she essentially has to guide his hands to her mouth and sort of like the uh, being the other person's arms challenge thing. Uh, so they stupidly threw the skin aside and so they then have to, as a unit, try and retrieve the skin and then crawl over to the bin and this is where things fall apart literally like everyone comes undone it's a complete shambles and it takes nearly six minutes to get the skin in the bin uh team of two on the other hand better but still not impressive uh so sean puts the wellies on because they're closer to her size um she eats the banana as well probably because she's the only one who has access to her hands. Um, move their way slowly to the bin. It's This was a funny imagery. It's like... Yeah, it's just such a bizarre... And there's a possible thumbnail moment, which we'll get to in a second. Um, they can't... They accidentally drop the skin just close to the bin. So, as a, as a pair, they have to crouch down together to retrieve it and then finally get it in the bin. This takes them three and a half minutes. Um, and Joe looks at the camera in a very sus way, is the way I can describe it. Would you Would you say so? I am... Well, not necessarily at the camera, but sort of like he looks up in the direction of the crew with like a very... Like his head's still down, but his eyes are angled upwards like a weird frowning expression. That's the best yeah. way I can describe it. Uh, can you... Are you yeah. at the moment? It's, it's this weird, it should, it's not side-eye, clearly it's not side-eye, but, you know, again, it's there's a no other way I is the can, best way I can describe it. it's a look that says, <laughs> I know what you did last summer, and it makes me sick, and I'm going to have my revenge. This whole image looks like extremely mysterious mischievous goblin sort of thing yeah 
or like a like a like a naughty hunchback, especially because Sean's head juts out the back like a a weird disfigured hernia. Yeah, is that the episode title? A weird disfigured hernia. Yeah, I like that. A weird disfigured hernia that also looks like bunraku. Um, which is a traditional form of Japanese puppet theater, which, unfortunately, very much resembles what is being done with Shu. Shu? Sean and Joe. Oh, you meant show. Yeah. Show and tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is... That's a great um, image. Uh, the team of three get one point, and the team of two get four points each. Uh, which means it's a tight scoreboard. Paul in last place on 13. Ian just a few points ahead in the lead on 16. So it's basically, it's anyone's game. Um, do you have any objections to this task, Joe? George? That was embarrassing. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yes, I do. It's a taskmaster and his name is um I actually think because they fell apart that the uh human centipede gets a disqualification and the other team gets a full five. Because of course okay. it is as one person. And ergo, if you disunify at any point, you uh and it's also part of the reason why Bunraku kind of long form came to my mind. Because No Face has a very weirdly positioned mouth. And that more or less describes my feelings about um, Sean putting a banana peel in her mouth. Okay. Uh, I've not really got any comments. I've not got a lot of comments to what you have to say, mate. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, it's a bad series. Who has anything to talk about? Not us. Um, would you care to take us out on the final task? Oh, Lord. We're going to see these plates again. Mark my words. Stack plates and bowls on your head. Uh, more specifically, wording. Stack the most bowls and plates on your head. You must stack them one at a time. Also, you must stand upright when you stack. Also, you may not touch a bowl or plate that is already stacked. Also, also, you must stack the bowls and plates alternately. Also, you must stay on your spot throughout the task. Most bowls and plates stacked correctly after 100 seconds wins. Yeah. Uh, not a lot to say about this. Yeah, it's a weird time. Uh, let's see. Sean gets a zero points because uh, everything falls off of her hat before the whistle. Uh, Lou stacks six bowls and plate, bowl and plate combos. Paul stacks five, which is remarkable. Uh, Ian stacks four. Joe stacks three. Uh, I wish this was funnier, but oddly enough, there's a lot to say about this. Oddly enough, this is one of the ones where there is a uh, adapted task sort of thing. Uh, Stormester did this for Christmas 2020. 
Uh, Portugal did this in the first season, in the seventh episode. Uh, stack plates and bowls on your head. Basti test, series four, episode five. Okay. Um, and with so the that... Final, the final the scores are... Sean has one point, Joe two, Ian three, Paul four, Lou five, which means with a score of 20 points, Lou Saunders wins the episode. Yay! Oh, God. Uh, and you can all uh, stop listening and go listen to something else for a bit. Um, now, we will actually be back tomorrow with the final of Series 8 to just... Because obviously with a lot of delays... We're happy. We just wanted to get it out quickly. Um, and then I don't know what's going to happen with this podcast in the future. I will have to sit down with Joe and discuss with him what's going to happen, whether he will still be, uh, free enough to continue or shall I have to move on in search of greener pastures slash move on to new projects? Cause eight series of this podcast is a lot. Um, yeah. But we'll see you tomorrow for the final. Um, do you have any closing thoughts, uh, George? Not other than I think I know why I don't like Lou Sanders. Uh, um, do you want to share that now? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, she also shares a restaurant that I particularly like uh, whenever I end up somehow in Chicago. Um but beyond that, um, there's a sense that Lou is clever in the sense that she would be amusing, uh, maybe like in the nineties. Um, it just, she does, she just doesn't reveal anything about, uh, current day sexual desire um at least in terms of her jokes and the politic in terms of that uh interesting interesting yeah. observation yeah um i don't know if i can particularly comment but sure yeah. um uh see you tomorrow folks for the final of series eight Bye. Goodbye.